Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I wanna thank you for joining us today. I want to thank you for sharing with your friends, your family, and your associates. We have well over 600,000 listeners and viewers here in the United States, and we're coming up on over 50,000 just in the last couple months in Europe. So we're expanding, it's growing, and I want to thank you for that. Today, we got some wonderful topics. In the second half of the show, you know what? I just want to lead into this story. We're going to be talking to a hardworking shoe sales girl, in her own words, despised money, and then repented. It's not exactly the backstory you want to hear from a millionaire. She now wants to help people become a millionaire. Her name is Ezra Auget. She's now convinced that the only thing that stands in people's way is typically the self-created limitations. So she spells it out in her new Amazon five-star rated book, Money Doesn't Grow on Trees, The Miss We Create and Live By. I'm also going to be talking about money tips for people in their 50s. But now the big thing is coming. I didn't know this, but... We're in the middle of cuffing season. And this year, it's going to be the biggest in history as, you know, Americans are emerging from the pandemic, the lockdowns, the subsequent vaccinations. And now they're eager to reconnect with friends, family, online strangers, craving human interaction and searching for that prince or princess charming. Now, one of the cool things is if we have Andrea McGinty. She's a 25-year professional dating coach who's worked with over 33,000 clients. Now, she knows the ins and outs, okay? Um, now, she has a wonderful dating site called 33,000dates.com. And, you know, it, it basically helps people find their long-term match based on online dating profile and preferences and choices. And you know what? Andrea's here to tell us a lot of really cool things. She's going to talk about the things you want to ask if you're looking at a dating coach how to prepare an online profile. Is it the right time to start dating right now? So with that, I would like to introduce you to Andrea McGinty. She's here. Andrea, welcome to the show. I can't tell you how excited people are that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Steve. I'm really happy to be here too. It's, you know, it's a busy time of the year for lots of things. You know, people coming out of the pandemic, people going to parties again. I mean, there's actually holiday parties this year. And guess what happens? People are also looking for dates for these parties. And hence, we go into something really weird called the cuffing season. And, you know, I always wish I could change the name of this because, I don't know, it sounds like you're getting handcuffed, right, or something. But cuffing season, it's a phenomena that goes through November and December. And that's where people really want to get cuffed or attached to someone because, you know, we have Thanksgiving, we have Hanukkah, we have Christmas, we have New Year's, we have all these holidays coming up and they want somebody special to share this with. So it's a season where online dating, which is really what I do, helping my clients with online dating, goes through the roof. 
I mean, memberships on, and I'm not affiliated with any sites, so I'm not hawking any sites here, but the memberships just go up and they continue through January. Okay. So it's almost like the memberships go out like a workout club or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if you're single, usually your number one resolution is meeting someone. And then your second one is working out. Now, if you're married, it's probably working out or a good diet or something. So (laughs) it's a little little different in the single world. (laughs) Um, Here's kind of the biggest thing. A lot of people are looking at these dating sites and it's a little scary. Some people think that the profile that they put on there, they're very, very conservative and the profile they put online, you know, might be a little too risque or they want to be a little more risque, but they're held back. So what are the kind of like the do's and don'ts of getting your profile set up and how to handle yourself online? I know you have like nine things that you, that people need to go over. So let's start going over those because I know people are really looking forward to them. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, maybe I should give a little background, like how I got into this. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do that because everybody likes to know that too. Yeah, because I mean, how does somebody become, you know, like a a matchmaker slash, you know, dating consultant? And I kind of like fell into the whole thing. I was in my 20s and I was getting married. And five weeks before the wedding, he called it off. So 20s, this is in the 90s. This is pre-internet. So there's no internet dating yet. And so I had this idea, okay, well, after my best friends send me out on like some horrible dates, um, I, I have this idea, like, what if you could go to somebody that's like an executive recruiter, like, you know, a headhunter, like you'd go for, you know, here's my skill sets, but instead, here's what I'm like personally, and, you know, basically let them choose and do something really low key. And that's how I came up with the idea for It's Just Lunch. And that was the first company I started. And oh. I started it in Chicago. We would fix people up and we'd send them out on lunch dates or dinner dates, which were like, you know, not scary. You're meeting in a neutral place. Anyway, fast forward. I sold out a couple of years ago after we had 110 locations worldwide. Sold out to private equity. I found that people, especially like as we hit like 2014, 2015, the internet was like normal. It was considered like especially for like the 20s and 30s crowd, like a normal thing to use. Mm-hmm. Okay, fast forward. Um, I have six brothers and sisters. I have a big family and a couple of people get divorced and they're like, Andrea, look at look at our um, online profiles. And I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you did that or said that or posted that photo or you know did this. So I really feel like for now, for the 2020s, I mean, navigating online dating, it's the best way to meet people, especially that 40s, 50s, and 60s age group, because they didn't grow up with this whole thing. Online dating, you know, they probably were married, they got divorced, or they were widowed, or, you know, something. And suddenly, they don't know what to do. So there's three most important things about your online dating. And that's why I'm a dating coach, you know, helping people navigate online dating. Number one, you have to be on the right site. Number two, you have to have amazing photos that really look like you. And number three, you have to have an eye-catching profile. I love travel and cooking. Like people start to snore, you know. Um, And we live in a very, very visual society too. So that photo has to be great. So they stop 
And then they'll, what typically happens, scroll through your photos, and then they'll get to reading what you said about yourself. But you have to be on the right site too. It varies by market. In Boston and New York, the two hot sites there, they do nothing in Texas and California. I get monthly research on geographically, demographically, and then I've been doing this for over 25 years. You know, I kind of know the up and comers. Probably a 60 year old woman does not want to be on Tinder. It's probably more of a hook, you know, a hookup site, though they're trying to change their reputation. Uh, and then I know also which sites are going to be heavier. You know, if you're a female, which ones are going to be heavier with men? And if you're male, which ones are going to have more women on it too? So it's really, really important that when you present yourself online, you do it as a beautiful package. You know, it's like you're interviewing for the job of your dreams and you want to package it up. You want to look your best that day. Um, you want to present yourself, you know, the best that, that day and you want to speak your best. And I even go as far as getting involved with, um, I have photographers all over the country that do professional photos of my clients, but not like LinkedIn photos because that's like for your resume. That's for your CV. You know, uh -huh. that, that's not for dating. You know, we want fun, natural photos. And then I also work with like Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus and Macy's with stylists there to help people even choose clothing for their photo shoots. Yeah. Then go ahead. I'll say this. My sister got divorced. She got remarried, but the gentleman that she ended up remarrying, she kind of had to tell him how to dress. And he was in his fifties. It's so funny because every once in a while you see somebody who thinks they have style and it's almost like somebody who thinks they have personality and they don't. That's the reality check for people when they're dating. That's very true. And you know, that's one thing I always say, you can't change a person, but you can change their clothing. Um, so that is very easy to do to change their clothing and, and, you know, portray, a, you know, a better, a better look. So I have my male clients the night before their photo shoots with clothing on their bed, you know, spread out with like the outfits. Okay. Here's my golf outfit. Here's my athletic outfit. Here's my suit. What do you think? This tie, this tie, you know, what, what should I wear? Um, so, you know, I help people all the way. And then this is the fun part. So now you're online, you're on the right site, you've got the right photos, you've got the right profile, your profile is fun. And it's really, you know, it's really you. The fun part is then you start getting the messages. And this is where people, I think, get scared off um, with online dating. Because first of all, they're not on the right site to begin with. Uh, I had um, some teenage kids buy their mom for Mother's Day Tinder. And I was like, oh, what were they thinking? You know, they might think Tinder's cool, but for fifty-five-year-old mom, mm -mm, not you know, not the right place. So okay, so now you're online, you're all set up. The messages start to roll in. So then I do coaching with how to respond, who to skip, who to block, how to go through them. It's generally not the people that message you that are the good matches for you. It's you me as the coach, getting kind of down into the system and searching out the type of people, you know, that they're looking for, you know, somebody who's into horseback riding and into the outdoors and into hiking. Those are all searchable things because you want some things in common. And I really believe the most important thing to have in common are the values 
Um, you can have different interests, but the values are really, really important. So, so I have people that get totally stiff and they'll talk to me, you know, like you and I are talking. And then when they have to write a message online, they're like, hi, how's your day? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not going to say, because he's just going to ignore that. You know, it's generic. We've been going so well. We're going to have to take a quick little break and get back. The message response is gigantic because so many people just don't have a clue. And I just, you just brought me this flashback because even back then I would like agonize over on what exactly I'd say when I'd call somebody I wanted to date. So, hey everybody, we have Andrew McGinty talking to us about the dating rules and dating online. Stick with us, we're gonna be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. We have Andrea McGinty. She runs 33,000dates.com. She's a professional dating coach. And she's now going to be talking about how to respond to somebody who's inquired online. I was just telling her before how much anxiety I haven't dated in almost three decades. So it's one of those things where even back then I had a tough time responding or even calling somebody and figuring out what to say. And imagine online is even worse. So Andrea, tell us what to do. (laughs) Okay. Here's the first shot we're going to take. So you see somebody who strikes your interest and you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, a woman can reach out first. A man can reach out first. It makes no difference online. We're all equal. I would start by looking through their photos, reading their profile, and then I have like a five-point strategy. It would go something like this. Hi, Steve. I saw you hiking with your two puppies. They're adorable. I have a golden retriever named Luna. Uh, What sort of dogs are yours? Warmly, Andrea. What did we do there? We gave a little information about me. I asked you a question, so you have something to say back to me. In case you're like, oh, I don't know what to say to her. Now you're going to tell me about your puppies. And it wasn't obviously a copy paste. Now that's where people get in trouble. They copy paste, they copy paste like, hi, how's your Sunday going? How was your weekend? And we all know that was a copy paste. And this person did not look at my pictures, did not read my profile. He did that too, or she did that too, you know, 50 people this morning. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you don't want to just send a heart or a like, because, okay, Steve, you get a heart and you're like, okay, what does that mean? Uh, 
do I write her back? Is she going to write me back? It's like you're in no man's land. If you're going to send a heart or a like, make sure there's a message attached to it too. Um, and and that, that's fine to do, you know, to go ahead and do that. I wish I knew that like 30 years ago. I probably, my dating probably would have been better. <laughs> 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 now, what's a good first date like? What's the best way to connect with somebody on a first date? Let's finish the messaging part because we don't want a text buddy. I had a client, a younger client, and he said to me, I'm doing great. You know what? We messaged back and forth over the weekend 12 times. And I said, oh, when are you going out? He goes, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not why we're here. We're not here for a text buddy or a phone buddy. We're here to meet somebody in real life. So, okay. You and I have exchanged two messages back and forth, and there's a little flirting and bantering going on. The right thing to do at that point is to say something like, oh, Steve, here's my phone number. Let's chat for five or 10 minutes over FaceTime and see if we like to meet in real life, exclamation, right? Because what that's going to do is I'm going to get to see a potential date in real life, what he looks like. Does he look like his picture? Um, how does he speak? Is he somebody I want to get dressed up for and go meet on a date? And I would say of those calls, about 75% of them end up going out on a first date. And a first, oh. a good first date is going to be, it's going to be lunch. It's going to be brunch. It's going to be uh, dinner. If you're both avid hikers, it's not going to be hiking because you don't know him, you know? So I don't want the two of you out in the woods together. Um, and, you know, some people think the internet's scary. Uh, if you use it right, it is the best way by far to meet people. And the other thing I'm going to say, don't listen to your sister who's been married for 30 years or don't listen to your best friend who's gone on 25 dates on match.com and always wants to tell you horror stories because that's her thing. You know what I mean? So if you're self-confident, you're going into this with like a sense of adventure, a sense of fun, you're going to do really well with this. Um, but it can be helpful to have somebody guide you too. I mean, that's why, you know, I'm in business and that's why I love mm -hmm. what I do. In the last two weeks, I had six marriages and I had three engagements. You know why? Because it's like that time of year. So, okay. um, so you know, I mean, it's, it, and it's exciting because I know them from like a year ago when they were like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing online dating. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, Nav, you need to change your attitude really quick um, and have a good attitude about this because we're going to have fun with this. And, uh, you know, sometimes people meet somebody on the first date. It might be the 20th date. And that's why you have me as a cheerleader. Okay, so one of the questions what we got on our viewers at savingwithsteve.us was, well, one lady, she goes, I kind of felt like I was auditioning for a marriage. She goes, it was just uncomfortable. She says the person was really nice and had a lot going for him, but it just felt like I was being auditioned for a marriage. <laughs> How should somebody progress with that first date? So I think she needs to change her mindset a little bit. She is auditioning but she's auditioning for a second date. Um, she's not auditioning for marriage. She's auditioning for a second date. He's auditioning for a second date with her too. You know, uh, the first date, everyone's going to be on their best behavior. 
behavior. I mean, this is the best you're ever going to, you know, we all have our quirks. <laughs> it all goes down from there, things. huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, just change your mindset because when people in the beginning, we go through their matches together and they'll be like, mm, I'm not sure about him. And I'm like, okay, if you're 50-50 and you're on the fence with somebody, go out on the date. Um, it gives you A, practice. It's going to B, give you confidence. And by the time you start, and plus it's only 50-50. I mean, 50% chance you're going to like them or her. You don't know. So you've got to go out on these dates and not, they can't tick every item you have on your list. You know, six foot four, not balding. And he's age 68. You know, it's probably not going to happen. So you've got to be somewhat open and know like the values that are important to you. Yeah, I can see how the values are very, very important because I know a lot of people that have been married for a long time, but they suck in the marriage be, uh, just because it was marriage and they have completely different values. And that's essentially the thing that destroyed the marriage in the, in the end. So I, I totally get that. Now, we're, we're coming here to the end of the year. Um, is this the right time to be dating? Oh, yes. It's a great time to date. You know why? Everyone's in a good mood. Um, we're just coming out of like a year ago. I mean, were we going to holiday parties and, and having like Thanksgivings or Friendsgivings or anything? No, we were like ugh, isolated. Now we're all out and about again. So it, people are in good moods. People are festive. There's so many things to do around the holidays. You know, when you get into your second and third dates with people, you know, whether it's, I don't know, going ice skating together or skiing together or, you know, whatever it might be, it's, it's a great time of year. And that's why we see starting Thanksgiving weekend, like starting Black Friday. Wow. The numbers just like go up from there through Christmas mm -hmm. because people, they want to meet somebody. They want to meet somebody to take to a party. They want to meet somebody. Um, oh, I had a client a couple of weeks ago who went on a second date with a woman um, and she invited him to a party and he wasn't really sure about her. He ended up meeting one of her friends and they've been dating ever since. And she's fine with it. She's like, ah, there was no chemistry. I like him as a friend. So, you know, get out there because you don't know what's going to happen. In dating, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable sometimes. Um, right. And my daughter, she's in college and she broke up with somebody. And I just said, dating's like tasting food. You're going to taste something and it's going to taste okay for a couple of days. And you're going to realize that ah, it's not that good. And then you're going to say, okay, I'm not going to have that anymore. And then you move on to the <laughs> next one and the next one. And then you find something you love and you're going to eat it for the rest of your life. So uh, <laughs> that's a great analogy. I like that. I might steal that. <laughs> Andrea, this has gone so fast. I actually have a whole bunch more questions, but I also have another guest in a couple more segments. But what I'd love for you to do is tell us how people can get a hold of you so they can get your professional dating coaching services. Oh, sure. Okay. And you know what? It's a really good time to get a hold of me. So um, it's 33,000dates.com, like 33,000dates.com. And you can also call me at 702-494-7344. And this is a good time because, you know, I told you all the reasons why, but my Black Friday special is already going on and it's 20% off programs until next Tuesday. So hop on my site, look around. Oh, and I've got a really good dating quiz. I've got one for men and one for women. And um, I personally look at all the quizzes and I score you. So you'll know exactly how you're doing. <laughs> so it, take that dating quiz. Okay. Do me a favor. I need you to give the phone number. Just do it real slow this time. So everybody can hear it and write it down. Sure. Okay. 
702-494-7344. And it's all over 33,000dates.com, my phone number too. So you'll be able to get in touch with me pretty easily. Perfect. Hey, Andrea, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, your 25 years worth of wisdom in the dating world. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this and I know we're going to get a lot of comments. So the other thing is, is somewhere down the road, maybe towards closer to Valentine's Day, I'd love to have you back uh, just to reiterate these things and maybe add some more content to it. Would you be okay with that? Absolutely. I would love it. Beautiful. This hey, is I what thank- I do. I- oh, I'm sorry. I have to run, but I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your information and I'll look forward to seeing you in the future. Have a great holiday season. Yeah, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving and thanks for having me on. Got it. Have a great day. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Bye. That was Andrea McGinty. If you want to connect with her as a dating coach, 33,000dates.com. Stick with us. We're going to be right back with some more great stuff. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back to Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. I just want to let you know and thank you for joining us here, sharing us with your friends and family. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insights on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, Apple Play channels so you never miss a show. And check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV, and more. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. Follow us on Facebook at the Saving with Steve Sexton Insider Club or savingwithsteve.us to get all replays, exclusive access to after show videos, guest gifts to take your life to the next level. Now, let's talk about some money tips for your 30s. In your 20s, you established a solid foundation and you want to use the next decade of your life to put yourself on more solid ground. One, advancing your career. Now, if you're not in your 30s, that's okay. You might have kids or know somebody that is, and you have a niece and nephew. All of them can use this information. So in your 20s, you developed remarkable skills. That's why you went to college. It's time to apply those skills and increase your earnings. Research potential career paths for, for workers with your skills. Identify the types of jobs and companies where you fit. Consider whether you should go back to school for an advanced degree. You might even consider moving to a city where you can find more opportunities in your field. 
Sharp career turns can be worthwhile, but they're also risky. You'll need a financial plan to keep your budget steady while your career changes. Also, rethink your budget. Your income and expenses, as well as your needs, wants, and dreams will likely change from year to year. Your budget will need to adjust to lifestyle changes, such as getting married, having kids, starting your own business. It's a balancing act. I remember when I first had kids, we stopped going out, eating as much, and dedicated those dollars to paving for baby supplies. Once you get in your 30s, you have more money and more goals, so you need to spread it around. You may need to cut some spending and reallocate it elsewhere. Next, adjust your insurance coverage. You know what? You might probably have auto insurance, homeowner's insurance for that car, that house. You also might want to consider life insurance. Why life insurance? Because if you walk out on life for any reason, not of your own, that life insurance could make sure you don't leave your family with a mess. And that enables them to stay in the house, have a life, redirect their life, the whole shot. That's why you have life insurance. Next, instead of paying off non-mortgage debt. You're in your 20s. You came up with a debt repayment plan. You want to stick with it into your 30s. So by you get into your 40s, you can build your next age for the future. Now paying off bills and also paying off bills from your past. Also increase your emergency fund. You know what? You maintain a three to six months worth of living expenses in your emergency fund. You might even want to get to a year. Why do you get to a year? It's really simple. The more money you have in a liquid available, gives you more opportunity to make changes when you need. We saw this with the pandemic. Many people left their job to go in a different direction. It makes it a lot easier if you're not dipping in savings if you have an emergency fund. Next, save at least 15% of your income in your retirement. You know, a lot of people started with their 401ks and they did the minimum or did the match, 3% or something like that. This is the time to start ramping it up. Hey, if you can get to the point where you have 15% or more or hitting the maximum each and every year, you know what? You're going to have be better off. Also, you probably want to make sure it goes automatic. So talk with your HR, make sure you have money going in there every single paycheck. And if you're doing self-employed, go to the bank, make sure you set up a direct deposit into your 401k or IRA plan. That way you'll be in a position where you don't have to think about it. It just gets done for you. The last thing I want to share you, I had some nephews and he just got married and they were talking about saving for retirement. We set up a budget. We figured out that they can put in the max. When they added the max plus the company matches, it was about $50,000 a year, which is awesome. And we figured out between their ages and the age of 55, if they did that with a 7% compound and live their life with the rest of their money, they'd have well over $5 million. So that meant at 55, they could be in a position to where they have an option to work. What a wonderful situation. Next, you want to look at diversifying and rebalancing your investments. When you're in your 30s, you still have about 20 or 30 years to go before you're going to be retired. This is the time to accumulate assets. You don't want to worry about whether the stock market goes down because if it does, you just bought that same stock that you like at a discount. So when it grows back up, you're going to be in a better situation. Also, monitor and improve your credit score. Hey, you want to make sure you check your credit score each and every year. That's what it's so very, very, very important to do that because you don't want to have delinquent accounts. You don't want to be in a situation where you had identity theft. Also makes sense to make sure that you're not going to get caught up in identity theft. So find a service that you can pay 15, 20 bucks a month or a year or whatever the case is. So you can be in a position where if somebody steals your identity, they have the money, the resources to get it back for you quickly. Next. Make sure you have a will and trust. You're married, you have a house, you have assets, you have people who care about you. 
Who's going to raise those kids if you and your wife aren't able to? What's going to happen with your assets if you don't have a trust? They're going to go into probate. All probate is, is your estate's going to file a lawsuit against itself, and it's going to self-fund that to determine who gets your stuff. If you don't have a trust, your state that you live in is going to tell your relatives who gets all your money or your stuff. You also want to have a durable power over healthcare, over financial, because if you're incapacitated, you want to have somebody in a position who can make financial health decisions for you to save your life and keep your way going. Otherwise, it's the state. Next thing, don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. A lot of people go, oh, Joey next door has got a BMW. My sister's got a new house. I need to go do those things. And it pushes people into debt. Don't allow that to occur. Be happy with what you have, focus on what you have and keep growing it and growing it and have a wonderful retirement. We just finished my tip for the day. You're gonna stick with us. We've got a wonderful, wonderful next guest. Her name is Ezra Ogut. She has got this book, Does Money Does Grow on Trees? It's a great story. And you know what? You wanna stick with us. We're gonna be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. My next guest, she's got this wonderful book called Money Does Grow on Trees. It's at Amazon. It's five stars. There's an interesting backstory here. See, and I'll just put it this way. There once was a hardworking shoe sales girl who, in her own <laughs> words, despised money and all that it represented. Not exactly the backstory you might hear from someone who became a millionaire and now wants to help you do the same thing. Now, Ezra Ogut is now convinced that the only thing that stands in your way is your self-created limitations. And I actually believe that because I've lived that all my life. She spells it out in her new book, Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. So, Ezra, I want to thank you for being here. I love the message of the book. I love the whole message because having people create limitations on me has been one of those things that has released me, so to speak. And I think when people realize the limitations that they put in themselves, it's almost like the monkey off the back. So I'm just like real grateful you're here. I want to thank you for joining the show. Thank you so much. I mean, thanks so much for inviting me. And yeah, you're so right. I mean, all the limitations we experience in life are the ones that we have bought into or the ones that we have concluded through whatever was happening in our lives. We're just so powerful without realizing that 
the myths we do end up believing, whether it's about self-concepts or whether it's about money, whether it's about relationships, in a sense, we write our stories very early on, like a computer program, it gets programmed in, but we're the creators, we're the programmer. And then, you know, the screen or life exactly reflects back to us whatever programming we put in there. What I'd really love to hear is your story. You're from Turkey, right? Yeah. So you started out as a shoe sales girl. Tell me what that life was like. What was going through your head at that time and all that (laughs) kind of stuff? Um, Not all of it, but you know. (laughs) Yeah. um, Actually, I had a pretty prominent job back in Turkey. You know, after I graduated, I was working in a TV station, but I was always so in love with America and everything that America, the liberty, the freedom, the freedom of thought, the freedom of speech that it represented or let's say used to represent, (laughs) maybe. And so I had this kind of burning desire to be here. And I hadn't even actually come to the States, even as a tourist. So at one point, against the will of my parents, I just picked up, you know, I found a scholarship that was, again, another manifestation story, because I so wanted to go. And I didn't have any kind of means And so once I made a being choice, we call it a being choice. Once you make a decision to belong to a reality, not just intellectually, but with all of your cells, you're like, this is it. This is what I'm going to belong to. All the doors open, all the support from the universe comes. Mm -hmm. So I was able to figure out a scholarship for UCLA and I had very little like savings. And I just like picked all my stuff and, you know, came to the United States of course, being here and not, I mean, by savings, I, I, I had about $2,500 in my pocket. Oh, wow. Without knowing. Doesn't you know, go too far in California. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, this is given many years ago, but still, even with that, even then, yeah. how far. You know, when I came here, while you're a student, you're not like really allowed to work and all these things. And I just so wanted to be here. I wanted to finish school. So I just took any job I could just to make ends meet, just to be able to pay rent, just to be able to eat. And it was very, very challenging. What was going through my head at the time was, because really like, it's not just about America because I had a bad relationship to money that I had decided earlier on, money was always an issue in terms of coming to me. It doesn't, it didn't even matter if I was super successful or recognized in something, somehow it either wouldn't come or I would blow it as soon as it came. Even as a teenager, it was hard to get pocket money from my grandfather because then I realized, oh, okay, I'm the doer of this. I have such negative relationship with money that there's an unconscious part of me that no matter what pushes it away. I was a person feeling sorry for myself, wondering if I'm ever going to like graduate from selling shoes or selling carpets here and there. It was scary. Even in the United States here, we see people who win the lottery. They blow through the money in a couple of years or you see professional athletes, many of them are bankrupt within that. The thing that you were talking about money Mm -hmm. and how you were relaying that, it's almost like you have a set point. And being in the financial world that I'm in, I've read a lot of stories. I even know some people who've done that. I find that what they do is they say, hey, I've got all this, but I don't have the set point. So they go through all that money and they're back where they were before because they didn't raise that set point. And a lot of people who are listening might not get that, but the reality is sometimes you have to eliminate the limitation that you're talking about or that set point that you have so you can move to the next level. And I'm probably 
selling your book for you, but. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, it's so interesting to that you see the same thing from your point of view, you know, working with so many people on their finances, because often people make the biggest mistake thinking that wealth or richness has anything to do really with the money we have in the bank. And it doesn't. It has to do with who we choose to be in relationship to money rather than anything else. In the smaller picture, that's the case. In the bigger picture, that's the case. So if we have negative belief systems lying in the background, usually we find, we found in our lives, we find in our clients' lives, these are decisions made very early on when we're just children. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you know, for most of us, it was definitely the case for me and many, many clients, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old's point of view is running our financial life without us realizing. And for some people, it's like, oh, if I have too much money, I'll lose my freedom. Or if I have too much money, you know, I'll lose my humanity. Or in my case, through something that happened, I decide as a seven-year-old, oh, you know, people either follow love and a humanitarian path or they go for money. And you know what? I'm going to choose this. And this means that I got to say no to money. And this is something I decided as a seven-year-old. It was the myth I created around money. So mm. no amount of doing, doesn't matter how successful I was with certain things I did. And I see this over and over again. I got to have, because I don't like money, my e or didn't like money, my ego has to get rid of it coming in. And one way that people actualize that is what we call the spender's law, where they spend more then comes in. And if that's the case, what happens is you create more money, then your spending matches it. Then you create more money and then your spending matches it. And then you create more money and then your spending matches it. So then it doesn't matter if you're making $20 million a year, like some of the celebrities, you know, they make $20 million from a movie, yet their spending is $2 million a month. Well, <laughs> you know, when you do the math, that's $24 million at the end of the year. You're in negative cash flow. So you're not prosperous. You know, I'm laughing because in my mind's eye of people who've just done that, you hear the actors, you hear the athletes, wow, they made so much money and they're now broke. Just about four months ago, I was meeting with a doctor who makes almost a million dollars a year. And he's talking to me about tax planning so he can have more money to spend, but he hasn't saved anything. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, geez, I actually told him I couldn't work with him because you have to have some assets and he has to deal with his issues as opposed to all the spending. It's just real interesting. And when you talk about how people have those things, it says somebody usually has their financial acuity, usually by the age of four or five, because they see it from their parents. I know of people who have parents who pretty much pay for everything. So mom and dad was the bank. Yeah. And they don't think they're ever going to run out of money, even if it's their own money, you know? Yeah. And, and you're like, don't you plan down the road? No, no, you know what? <laughs> exactly. It's like going, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really interesting because my turning point was finding my story of feeling like, oh, if you're in the spiritual world, then you have to say no to money. When I found out that myth and I changed my mind and I'm like, okay, you know what? This is ridiculous. Wealth and love can coincide together. And that's where the turning point was for me. For my husband, we were definitely in the spender's law and our mentor kept on telling us we're in the spender's law. And being in that spender's law, that mindset of spending, just like spending without ever accumulating positive cash flow, 
is like being an alcoholic. <laughs> You're addicted to spend in order to feel good because there's a lack inside. So it's like a hungry stomach, you know, you spend, you feel good for two seconds and then you're hungry again, then you have to spend more and then you feel good for two seconds. And then at the end of the month, you're basically, you know, broke. So our teacher was, our mentor was trying to like awaken us to the fact that, yeah, okay, now you began creating prosperity, but it would like sometimes go away before it even hit the bank because we'd spent more than we were actually making. And we weren't understanding him because it was such a habit. And for my husband, I remember the mentor said, do you know where Esra's today? You know, where your wife is today? And he's like, yeah, you know, she went to lunch with her mom. Okay, do you know how much money you have in your wallet? And he's like, uh, no. He's like, well, why do you know where your wife is? And why is it that you don't know how much money you have in your wallet? Because you value her, but obviously you don't value prosperity and money because you don't have a clue. And we got to think of prosperity like a consciousness, like a person. If you don't care about it and you keep pushing it away and you're like, oh, I don't care about you, just go away. <laughs> it's not going to belong to you. It's not going to come to you. It's not going to stick with you because you are the one pushing it away. Wow, that's a great story. Hey, you know what, uh, Ezra, this is going really fast because it's awesome, but we're going to have to see a quick little break. So everybody, we have more Ezra Elgett. You're going to want to stick around for this. This has been wonderful. It's like, I bet you, you're all sitting there going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh moments. <laughs> so stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Oh, by the way, all the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. And if you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel or Spotify channel or Apple Play and check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio, New York City, E360 TV. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, live a life of personal financial freedom. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, get financial tips and look at these recordings over and over and over again, by all means, go to Saving with Steve Sexton on Facebook. You can join the Insiders Club, get access to videos, guest gifts, and more. Now we're back here with Ezra Ogan. So let's talk about, we start to understand how people create these limitations for themselves and it's just the way they live their life. And the reality is knowing where somebody's wife is, because you value that, 
and not knowing how much money you have in the bank or in your pocket or in your checkbook is a big disconnect for people. That aha moment probably told a lot of people like, yeah, you know, I don't know that either. And I've actually found the best clients, the most prepared clients are the ones that know exactly how much is in their 401k, what's in their bank account, how much they spend each month. And the ones that have spending issues are the ones that say, you know what, as long as we have this much money going into our IRA, I don't really know how much other stuff. Other than that, we have a couple of thousand dollars in our account. I always know that I've got to talk to somebody about their expenses and spending when they move into retirement because they don't have a clue. Yeah. Uh, and I've also seen people who have 10 years into retirement continue to spend like they didn't have a clue. And they're like, okay, do I have to go back to work? Do I have to change my lifestyle? Do I have to downsize yeah. my house? I think it's a big time money issue here. So let's talk about how people can get control of this and how they can move forward and grow and change their, I call it a set point. That's my big thing. It goes back to when I was little, but how they can change their set point so they can grow into the abundance road. Before we go into that, it's so important what you're saying about retirement, how people kind of get into retirement and just start living as if like they're making money every month. And again, it's the negative cash flow situation. Here's the cool thing about savings. When we do save, it changes the whole relationship that we can have with money. Before savings, in a way, we're the slave of money because we have to trade our hours in order to make money. When we do save and we begin, we get into that mindset of investing, however small, however big, the whole relationship, the way we relate to money changes because now money is working for us instead of us working for money. So it's like a way of not being kind of the slave of finances. I think like three things are very important. First of all, I really think it's very important for people to ask when people come to us and they want to work on creating prosperity, what the first place we go is to get them to find what their gain is in staying in limitation. What is the belief system that keeps you from, that keeps you basically in your box? One great example is I was conversing with a friend in Istanbul. It's a very recent example, so it's fresh in my mind. She was saying, you know, I've gone to so many workshops and I'm trying to create prosperity, but it's just never happening for me. It's weird. I never have too little, but I never have more than that. I just always have enough. So I'm like, well, instead of thinking of it like, oh, I can't, I'm trying, I'm not understanding, it's not happening. Why don't you think about it from the perspective of like exactly what you want is happening? Maybe you just want enough just to survive. You just don't know it. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. Like who doesn't want more money, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's put it to the test. So I got her to close her eyes. And this is a technique that people can use. You know, with the coaching, of course, it's easier, but you know, maybe it works. You close your eyes and I put her into a situation where she's absolutely prosperous. She has a couple of investments. She doesn't have to work for money. She just works because she's inspired to work, not because she has to. And, you know, here's someone who's claiming she wants more prosperity, right? You would think that that vision would make her happy. But instead, she just started sweating, getting red and sweating, getting red and sweating. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she's like, like, I just feel so much shame. I'm, I just, this emotion of shame is coming up. And I'm like, aha, okay, let's go underneath that shame. Let's see what's the belief system that's causing the emotion. And when she went a little bit deeper with a couple of, you know, techniques, she's like, oh my God. She's like, I believe 
that if I have more because of me having more, others will have less. Oh, that was the belief system. Wow. So if you have that kind of a belief system, no matter how much money you think you want to create because of the belief system, because of the programming in your relationship to money, you actually have a gain, a big gain, a big benefit from not creating more. Mm-hmm. And so then it's about when, once we find the belief system, it's about looking at the belief system and, and, and asking ourselves, you know, do I really, do I want to continue believing this? Is this really true for me? Or is this just a conditioning that's coming, I don't know, from my mom, from my dad, from society? Is this my truth? And to just question that. Because for me, you know, once I found, of course, my own limitations, now I see prosperity and abundance like oxygen. It's available to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's up to me whether I choose to breathe deep or shallow. It's already there and I can disallow it or I can allow it. And no one's going to get less oxygen just because I have more oxygen and I'm being healthy and vital. It's the same with prosperity. So breaking those kind of belief systems is a very important part of this. That's very interesting. Understanding the underlying cause of where things come from. And I'm going to bet that thought that your friend had probably came from her environment when she was little. When I worked overseas and I had people who were upset with me because quite frankly, I was a capitalist. I was building money and some people, shame on you. You should make sure all these people are taken care of. And I could see where that mindset would come from. And it might even came from her folks. It might've came from the news media that she watched every day. It could even come from the way she was taught in school. Well, it's interesting. I mean, actually it comes from the Turkish culture because um, back then, you know, most of the directors and everything, they were kind of, you know, more socialist oriented. So Mm -hmm. in all the Turkish movies, it was like, without exception, all the good guys are the ones that are poor and all the bad guys are the ones that are rich. And it's like always the poor ones are suffering because of the bad guys. And this is like the kind of movies, you know, we watch growing up. So you're like, oh, you know, you look at the movie, you're like, I don't want to be one of the bad guys. And with that out, the money has to go. So, and it's really interesting because Turkey is a very, very special country uh, in the sense that it's one of like, in terms of the natural resources it has of all kinds, it's like one of the top five or 10 richest countries in the world in terms of potential. But because of like extremely negative belief systems around money, like its economy is always like in a horrible situation because it cannot utilize the potential. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who believe in, yeah, you know, it's not okay to have money. And it's like, you just got to have enough. And, you know, others can't be starving when you have. But the thing is, you know, others have their own connection to the universe. Once they allow, they can all have as much as the oxygen as they want. I'll say this. We all know people, you look at them from the view of the Joneses, so to speak, your next door neighbor might not have everything, but they're happy. They don't have stress. I've met people over the years that they figured out if they can save $125 a week for the rest of their life, they'll have over a million dollars. And besides their social security and their little pension, that'll be more than enough to cover them for the rest of their life. And for this couple probably made $60,000 a year at best. And that's not a big income here in California, but geez, they have a wonderful life. They have great kids. Everybody's well-balanced and they're just flat out happy. And they think they're the luckiest people in the world. And I love the fact that you're talking about changing mindset. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like one of the very common belief systems that also I had, and I see this being a very common one, is this kind of an association that if you have too much money, you can't be happy. Or the opposite. Oh, happiness will come once I have a lot of money. No, happiness has got nothing to do with prosperity. <laughs> That's another individual being choice. If you don't make a being choice to be a happy person, no amount of like husband or whatever, you know, real estate is going to make you happy. But also money doesn't have the power to make you unhappy. It's, it's, it's not even related. But you see, we take these things and we relate and we code and we program. And the beautiful thing about it all is that we get to experience exactly what we chose. Mm -hmm. So for me, the most important part of this, my journey in working with clients has been the discovery that, you know, we are such free beings and there's a teacher, I love the saying, and I'm going to quote, you are such free beings that you're allowed to choose bondage. And that's beautiful. So there's as many different choices as there are people on the planet. I think the important point is not to get victimized, feel victimized, feel like life is doing it to us. Oh, the economy is doing it to us. Oh, the taxes are doing it to us. No, nobody's outside of us is really powerful enough to do anything to us. Mm -hmm. We are writing that script. <laughs> yeah, I think that's wonderful. What a lot of people don't, no, some do, some don't, but I had colon cancer 15 years ago. Mm. And like I told you before, I was always told I was too small, too short, wasn't smart enough. And the reality is you just need yourself and a belief that you can achieve and accomplish. And as long as you have those two things, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how fast you are, you just need to focus on what's important to you and forget about the limits or find a way to forget about the limits. Yeah. So Ezra, our time is wrapping up. This wow. has been so cool. You're like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I know people can get your book on Amazon. Is there other places that people can get your book? And the other portion is where can people get a hold of you if they'd like your help? Our website, Ike and Ezra now.com. That is I-K-E-A-N-D-E-S, as in Sam, R-A-Now.com. They can buy the book from Amazon. It's at like uh, Barnes and Nobles as well, I believe. It's like distributed in a couple of different uh, places. But the one I know for sure is Amazon.com. We will start teaching in the U.S. in English. Everything we do is online. I'm very excited to open up these teachings in the English language. That's been our, that's our goal for 2022. And so, yeah, anybody who resonates, uh, please come to the website, give your email. And whenever we're doing something cool, we'll make sure, every, you know, everybody gets the information. Great. Ezra, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for imparting your knowledge. I actually love this book, like I said, uh, and I'm going to be sending it to a few people. So you got a couple of book sales there, just saying, just kidding. <laughs> Thank uh, you so and much. Stay safe, stay healthy. And you know what I'd like to do is possibly check in with you again sometime later next year and see how everything's doing and get some more insights from you, if that's okay. I would love to do that. I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and uh, just your own path that you have chosen to walk is very inspiring also. So inspiration begets inspiration. So I would love to converse again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everybody, that's Ezra Elgut. She's the author of the book, Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. I want to thank her for being here. You might want to go check out her site. That's it for today. I want to thank you all. Have a wonderful weekend. 
and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.